Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. All right, well, good morning. It's good to be here with you. If uh, you're new here and we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it's good to be here with you. I love being here, and I'm glad that you're here too. Uh, if you're new and we haven't had the chance to meet, introduce yourself. I'd love to talk with you a little bit after the service. I'll be hanging out, and uh, introduce yourself. I'd love to have that conversation, all right? Um, maybe you're new here too, and you're looking to kind of wonder what's going on here. I want to remind you about the thing that's going on at 1045, even if you haven't signed up. Feel free to follow the Science to Base Camp, and you'll get to know Centerpoint a little bit there and meet some other center pointers. Um, but maybe you want to slow roll it a little bit. You can use the Live It Share It card um, that's on the end of the rows, or you can go online, centerpointnh.org, and uh, kind of use, use that electronically. Let us know you're here. If you got questions, we'd love to be able to interact with you throughout the week. You can drop those Live It Share It cards in the offering uh, containers by the doors, the little black boxes up there, down here, and over here. All right? Good. Well, uh, let me pray for us as we jump in. Father, uh, as we look to your word today, we want, to, um, we want to be led by you. We want to be taught by you. And so may you, by the power of your spirit, the same spirit that inspired these words, um, may you help these words come alive for us today. I pray that you would grow our imagination for what it looks like as your kingdom breaks into this world and that you would do so through uh, the teachings of Jesus and the stories we share. Father, would you, by the power of your spirit, give us eyes to see what we don't normally see? Would you, by the power of your spirit, give us ears to hear what we don't naturally hear? And would you, by the power of your spirit, soften our hearts that we would be uh, tender and soft and humble in your care that we might be changed by you today? Do this work in us, we pray, and we do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, today's message is going to have a little bit of a, a different feel to it than normal. I'm not going to telegraph the entire thing to you, but we're wanting to take a look at uh, what is God doing in our midst. God is moving in our midst, and it's important for us to take times where we talk about those things, where we look at them, where we examine them, and where we allow God to show us what he's doing. And so that's what we want to be able to do here uh, today. We look at all that our church and even other churches have been going through over these years, and uh, I would say that, that we as a church, as Centerpoint Church, are, we are turning a beautiful corner. And we're seeing God do that in a number of ways. Just this last week, uh, a bunch of us got together for what we call kitchen table conversation. Everybody was invited, but um, we had about 40 people there. And of course, uh, who doesn't want to come and talk about budgets and things like that? Uh, and I got to tell you, like there were some, so many inspiring moments in this meeting as we quote unquote sat around the kitchen table uh, together. I loved hearing uh, that, um, and, and I've had the, a glimpse of seeing, and it was fun to be able to even share. Like, there's just been a, a really strong momentum around membership. It wasn't too long ago we had a really full and robust and great conversations at a membership orientation, and often we do them, you know, two, three times a year. But flowing out of that, there was actually a bunch of you who said, no, we want to do membership. We can't make that one, but, but come on, do it again, do it again, do it again. And so it kind of 
made us say, well, let's do it again. And so we're coming right up on December 2nd. And so it's just been like fun to see how God is stirring in so many of your hearts around uh, membership. And then, you know, even as we, as we talk through the budget and those can be dry things. Those can be um, even challenging things because we've certainly got financial cha- uh, challenges. But um, there was just such a spirit of joy in the room. Those of you who were there, a number of you remarked on that. Like, I'm not sure that I've been at a meeting that felt so joyful in how we experience things. Like, that's, a, that's God's spirit touching down in the midst of our time here together. That was really incredible to see. It's been amazing for me and the, the staff to catch a glimpse of so many of you jumping in to, to serve uh, and to, to do ministry in the life of our church. Um, doesn't mean that all the opportunities are filled, but, but so many of you are jumping in in places where, where you haven't done that before. I think of uh, you know, Jennifer who uh, saw opportunity in student ministries and said, okay, I'm in. I'll do this thing. I think about you know Bob and Esther who are just being present in, in the commons and seeing uh, a newer family walk up to the check-in, um, check-in kiosk for kids and just stepping right in and asking how they can help and help to get this new family checked in and then turn around and said, hey, can we do this every week? Right? And so jumping in and joining the team of those of you who are already doing check-in stuff in our kids' ministry. Some of you haven't done kids' ministry in a long time, but you've stepped in and, and you're doing it. And I love seeing how you're jumping in with enthusiasm and passion. We're catching a glimpse in these ways of, of what God is doing. And we're seeing all the different ways that that's happening. And sometimes it's easy to pass over these things. When the staff gets together, we do a, a weekly meeting on Tuesdays. We're just talking a lot about tactical things. What happened last week? What do we need to learn from? What's planned in the next week? And um, coordinating our communication and those kinds of things. But we always take some time. Uh, Joe does a phenomenal job leading us in that meeting. And we take some time to just share God sightings. Where are we seeing God in our own lives and ministry and uh, the, the experiences that we've had? The past few weeks, it's taken 45 minutes of God sightings, just story after story after story of ways that we're seeing God break into uh, our lives, our collective lives, individuals, ministries, and our community. It's been pretty spectacular. And every week it seems like there's conversations uh, that, that I'm having or different staff and leaders are having uh, with so many of you who have this sense of, uh, and you'll just say something like, um, it seems like God is doing something. It seems like God is doing something. Have you, have you felt that at all? It just, it seems like God is doing something. And it's sometimes even hard to put your hand right on and to grasp and be firm about it, but it just seems like God is up to something. And those are the refrains of this. And so this morning, we want to talk a bit about that. And, and we want to invite um, our imagination, our eyes to open to see what God is doing. As Jesus began to preach uh, in his ministry, he finally had uh, been baptized, was in the wilderness in temptation, and he came back and he began to, to preach. Mark records for us that Jesus' first sermon, which laid the groundwork for his entire life and other preachings, um, Jesus said this, he said, the time has come, the time is now. And that word that Jesus is using for time is called kairos. There's, there's time, Greek word chronos, it speaks of this kind of time. It's, it's linear, it marks by seconds and minutes and calendars. And then there's uh, the Greek word chronos, also translated time, like Jesus is using it here. The time has come, this kairos. And what that kairos means, it speaks of there's a moment. There's, there, it's a moment that is 
thick, it's, it's rich, it's profound. And so Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. It's here. This very thing that you've been waiting for, for generations, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is here in your midst, Jesus said. And so what is the kairos thick with? It's thick with the kingdom of heaven breaking in. What time is it? It's time for the kingdom to come, Jesus says. And his response to that, he says, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. The kingdom of heaven uh, is at hand. And he says, repent and believe this good news. For the kingdom of heaven changes everything. The kingdom of heaven, as scripture describes it, is the, the space where God rules and reigns. Where the rule and reign of God breaks in. And where the rule and reign of God is, um, there is provision. Where the rule and reign of God is, there is peace, shalom. Where the rule and reign of God is, there is healing. There is freedom. There is deliverance. Where the kingdom of God is, where Jesus rules and reigns, the oppressed are freed. These are the marks of the kingdom. And what we understand is that while the kingdom is breaking in, so many of us often miss it. Every day of your life, every day of my life, there are kairos moments where the kingdom of heaven is breaking in. But so often we miss it. We're busy. We got stuff on our mind. Concerns, celebrations, joys, sorrows. But every day, so many moments where the time has come and the kingdom of heaven is breaking in. Jesus told a series of parables in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at a few of them. Uh, there's four images of the kingdom that Jesus gives us as he talks about it. And of course, Jesus is so brilliant um, in how he teaches and how he goes about what he does. He gives us these pictures. He gives us these pictures. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to take some time and we want to look at these pictures, these parables, these images of the kingdom that Jesus gives us. And so turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to begin with the first one at verse 31. Matthew 13, verse 31. He told them another parable. that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Okay, pause right there. We're just going to look at, at this image for us, this parable that Jesus gives, this, this, uh, this picture of the kingdom. It's the mustard seed. And Jesus explains, the smallest of the seeds that a man takes and plants in his garden. In its smallness, it could be seemingly insignificant. In its smallness, particularly because we measure significance, we measure importance by size, don't we? We want grander, faster, more spectacular. That's what tells us what's important. And here Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. 
But oh, as it grows, it's the smallest of seed. But as it grows, it grows so big, it becomes a full-fledged tree that birds are able to nest in its branches. There's imagery that Jesus is using here very intentionally. The imagery is garden imagery. You see, back in the Garden of Eden, the man and woman were commissioned by God to take uh, the goodness, the bounty, the abundance, the generosity of God, the love of God um, expressed in Eden and take that throughout the entire world. He said, cover the whole earth, multiply, cover the whole earth with the goodness of God as his image bearers. And of course, what did we cover the whole earth with instead? Not God's goodness, not God's beauty, not God's delight, but we covered the whole earth with sin. The whole earth is covered with sin and rebellion and violence. And we see it shattering lives every day, even coming into our own community so profoundly. Yet Jesus says the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's breaking in. It's near. And as the kingdom of heaven shows up, it's maybe seemingly insignificant. Maybe seemingly too small to do anything. And yet the whole garden is filled. The whole earth is filled with the goodness of the reign and the rule of God as the kingdom of heaven draws near. You know, our temptation when we feel small and insignificant is to make ourselves big. We talked a little bit about this even last week. In our relationships, we do this. When we feel small and insignificant, we demand power. We clamor for our voice to be heard. I will be heard. As Christians, we will be heard. And yet Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The smallest of all the seeds. And yet it grows. It flourishes. and provides a home for the birds as it fills the garden. Hmm. What a beautiful, beautiful picture that Jesus gives us. I'm going to ask Heather to join me up here if you would. And I want to hear a story. I want to us to hear together a story, a, a moment as the kingdom breaks in. The time is here. The kairos has come and the kingdom of heaven is breaking in. So everybody say hi to Heather. Hi, See Heather, we love you. We're with you. Right? Hi, mommy. I heard that one. Eh? All right. <laughs> so there's, there's the microphone. And uh, just tell us a little bit about what you saw as the kingdom broke in a few weeks ago. Sure. So... Um, I'm just going to give you a little tiny bit of background. About um, probably two months ago, I was sitting in the commons listening um, to, I'm going to tell you, my flesh is screaming, run right now. You're but okay. I have a story that God put on my heart that needs to be told. So um, I was in the commons and listening to the sermon, and I was sitting amongst um, a woman, and we stru struck up a conversation. She was very friendly. Um, and um, I wasn't sure of her situation. Um, or her background, um, but she shared that she was traveling with a young gentleman, um, probably in his 20s, um, and he was struggling, and so she had come alongside him and was, chose to travel with him, um, and I had told her that I admired her mother's heart. Fast forward to the potluck um, several weeks ago here now, and um, 
she approached me with a bag from Cumberland Farms. And in the bag was chips and two packages of Oreos. It wasn't lost on me, this contribution that she made. And when the shock of it and the wonder of it and the God-sized gift of it, you know, kind of was like, okay, I quickly decided I needed to find a really pretty bowl for those chips and a really nice plate for those Oreos, and they needed to get out on the tables quickly. I shared this story with a friend of mine in the church, and she said she gave because she felt like she belonged. And we are her family, and that was not lost on me. And I, I, it, it's a story, it's God's story that needed to be shared. So true. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to let you run, because you say you're wanting to run, so we're going to let you do that. Um, but but as, as you shared that, even with me that day, uh, it was so thick with the kingdom breaking in, in this gift that was being offered. Um, for someone who often has to choose whether or not they're going to eat that day and yet feeling such belonging in this community that she wanted to contribute this and brought this offering and you didn't skip a beat. You received it as treasure. You received it as gift in such a beautiful way and uh, my heart was bursting in just this small little story of the kingdom breaking in. When somebody experiences that kind of belonging, when somebody brings that kind of treasure and a gift to share with the community, the kingdom of God is at hand. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus goes on and tells another story. Verse uh, 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. And just stop there for a moment. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that's taken and kneaded into 60 pounds of flour. That's not this little sourdough that's sitting on your counter overnight. 60 pounds of flour, that's a, that's a pretty good load, isn't it, Liz? Like if you're doing 60 pounds of flour, you're making something with this thing, right? And, and this is a big old batch of dough. And yet, what is the kingdom like? It's like the yeast. It's like the yeast. Just a little bit of yeast is kneaded in, is kneaded into this dough. Again, sometimes the temptation for us is to pick apart these stories. We're good Westerners. We're good Enlightenment thinkers. And so we want to pick apart the story. We want to look at every little thing. But resist the temptation to do that. Just sit with the reality for a moment. The kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast that works its way through the whole batch of dough. When the kingdom breaks in, sometimes it's imperceptible. But when the kingdom is on the move... The kingdom of God, God's kingdom is a movement of subversive influence in the world in which we live. Listen to that again. God's kingdom is a movement of subversive influence. Subversive influence. It's not a movement of dominant control. 
As a matter of fact, the more we try to exercise control, the more we try to exercise dominance, the more the kingdom slips through our fingers. But if we will look, if we will see, if we will participate in the kingdom breaking in, we will see its influence. The kingdom of God moves in subversive influence when you care for your patients and you uh, bring healing to their bodies. The kingdom works in subversive influence when you walk and you talk with your neighbors and you experience uh, just even empathy and kindness with them as they share their painful story. The kingdom moves in subversive influence when you work in your business and you choose to tell the truth not shade the truth in order to get ahead. When people are stabbing you in the back for them to get ahead and you forgive and you love in return, the kingdom is on the move in subversive influence. Through forgiveness, through joy, through peace, the kingdom of God is moving throughout all of the earth. How is it moving? Through subversive influence. This is how the kingdom of God moves can you see it can you catch a glimpse of it Uh, Joe would you come up here and share a story with us Joe was telling me this story the other day and uh, it just again is another story it has to be told so uh, share with us about this kingdom breaking in moment yeah a few weeks ago uh, we had to have a tree taken down on our property and so I had cor- I contacted a gentleman earlier in the summer to see if he could get me on his schedule, and he told me that he would attempt to do that sometime in October, and he would follow up with me. So I got towards the end of the month and hadn't heard. So I reached out to him a few times. So early in the early this month, he made his way out, did a great job, took the tree down, was pleased with the work, and at the end of the day, went to hand him the check for the job, uh, and he proceeded to apologize to me that. I had to reach out to him a handful of times to hear back from him, and he just kind of mentioned in passing that it had been a hard last few months for him, he's got a lot on his plate, and then he was going to be getting some time off of work here coming up, and so he was a bit backlogged on jobs. And so I heard that, and I said, well, that, like, good for you, that some time off probably is great, kind of in my ignorance, trying to be encouraging, and he said, well... Yes and no. Yes, because I'm going to get to go on vacation with my family. But no, because after vacation, um, I'm actually going to be undergoing a procedure to have um, a tumor removed because I've been recently diagnosed with cancer. And so I asked him, this guy doesn't know me from Adam. I don't know him from Adam, other than he's the tree guy. And I said, I'm not trying to dig for information, but if you're comfortable, do you, do you want to share any more about that? That just sounds like a really hard time. So he proceeded to, to talk probably for about 15, 20 minutes and kind of unpacking the story of how they discovered the cancer and the kind of the procedures that he's going to be undergoing and how fortunate it was um, that they caught it so early on that he was only going to be out of work for a couple of months and then he was going to get back at it in the new year. And so he had some trepidation and fear, but also some joy around that as well. And so at this point, my older two kids are outside with me kind of running around. And 20 minutes is a long time when you're five and when you're three. So my five-year-old at this point, halfway through this conversation, he kind of made his way to my leg and he's kind of tugging on my pant leg and I just put my hand on him like, this is important, we're listening right now. And so the gentleman finished up 
and my oldest son is right there by my side. And I asked the gentleman, I said, would you be comfortable? And no is an acceptable answer. You're not going to offend me if, if I pray for you. And he thought about it. And he said, I would actually, yeah, I would welcome that. And so I, th- I thought, oh, he, I don't think he got the message. I said, no is an acceptable answer, but may I pray for you now? <laughs> so there was a little bit of longer pause. And he said, yes. And I said, no is an acceptable answer, but may I put my hand on your shoulder? And he said, yes. So I looked at my, my oldest and I said, buddy, would you like to pray for Mr. So-and-so with me? He said, yeah, sure. So it wasn't anything long. He didn't come to know the Lord in that moment. He might already know the Lord. I'm not sure. Oh, we got to pray for him. Uh, and when we were done, he left. We went back, my son and I went back inside and my son ran up to my wife and said, guess what? Dad and I got to pray for Mr. So-and-so. Uh, and about 15 minutes later, I got a text from our tree guy and he was thanking me for the heartfelt prayers and that, that really meant a lot to him and he appreciated it. Uh, so it was a delight and a joy to be able to do that for him, but it was also a delight and a joy uh, with three boys, five and under, where our world revolves around toots and poops and <laughs> lots of energy and our kids are creating chaos and destruction while my wife and I are trying to create life in order uh, to have a little moment of breakthrough where my oldest just saw a glimpse of that and got to participate in that. That's so good. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Did you see it? The time has come. The kairos, the kingdom of heaven is breaking through. Here it was, just a simple enough business transaction. Cut the tree down. Here's the check. But what I love is, is Joe saw, he heard, and he asked the next question. See, that's one of the things that helps us see is just ask the next question. Ask the next question and see what will happen. Right? So it's, it's kneading the dough. When you're kneading dough, it's really getting worked over, right? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it even causes pain in your arm muscles that you didn't even know you had to use before. But it's the, the kneading, the seeing, the leaning, the asking the next questions that opens us to see the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Oh, repent and believe the good news. And so Jesus has given these pictures. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest of the seeds yet grows and flourishes in the garden. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It works its way through a batch of 60 pounds of dough. Let's continue to to look on. We're going to jump up a little bit here to uh, verse 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had. And he bought that field. So here's the picture. The, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in our field. And here's a guy working the field, sort of the imagery that we've got. It's, it's a guy working the field. And it, clearly from the passage, he's not the owner of the field. So he's a, a workman in the field. And so maybe he's plowing something that's digging down under the dirt. He's working. He's listening to his iPod. He's got a couple of podcasts and audiobooks that he's listening to as he's working the field here. And then all of a sudden as he moves along, think. Think, think, 
what, what is this thing? I thought I pulled out all the stones. And so he pulls back the plow and he unearths this treasure and he opens the box. Can you believe it? And he looks around to make sure, has anybody seen? Has anybody seen what this is? This is so spectacular. And so it's spectacular. So he puts it back in. He puts it back in the ground. And he goes and he takes everything that he has. It took everything that he owned. He sold what he needed to. He got everything that he owned so he could purchase the field. This treasure was worth more to him than anything else that he owned. It blew his mind. And this again, I love how Jesus tells the story. Well, what was in there? Jesus doesn't tell us, does he? Right? And so he, he invites us to use our imaginations. When the kingdom breaks in, when the kingdom is present, it's so spectacular. It's so beautiful. It is so captivating that a heart is filled with joy and I must have it, right? It changes priorities. It changes longings. When the kingdom of heaven is present, everything is turned upside down. All I know is when I taste it, when I catch just a glimpse of it, We've got to have more. The kingdom of heaven is found in surprising places. It's one thing for us in moments like this as we gather, right? Let the, let the kingdom come. Let God reign in our midst as we worship him, as we study his word. Absolutely. But sometimes the kingdom shows up when you're out, when you're dirty, when you're sweaty, and the sun is beating down. And you're just working a field. The kingdom shows up in surprising spaces. If we will look, if we will see, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is in our midst. Uh, Scott, will you come up and share with us? Everybody kind of say, hi, Scott. There you go. I know you get nervous talking in front of people. He actually doesn't. I know this about him. Scott's my friend. And Scott, you just had such a significant, in, like seeing God move in your life and your family. You shared it with us in a, a group the other day. Uh, thanks for sharing it with us. Go ahead and pop here in the middle and Apparently tell us anybody seeing. can be called up now. So <laughs> if he has your first name, you're coming up. Um, so what I'll say is this is very triggering. The last time I was on stage, I was dressed like grapes, uh, dancing as a fruit of the spirit during a vacation Bible school. So um, I'd give anything to have that costume because I could hide my head. But um, yeah, so um, my journey to uh, Centerpoint and to back to church is, begins with I'm never going back to church. I'm never going back to church. And I think um, that phrase is scary to say, but that's the phrase that gets Jesus really activated. I feel like he always shows up when I say never, so I've since stopped saying it, because um, I really don't want to go to Africa either, but, um, <laughs> but I'll go. And um, so that said, coming back to here was, uh, was a journey of just, we drive 40 minutes, it's ridiculous, we probably passed 100 churches to get up here every Sunday. Um, and we started coming back because we knew we needed to, and it was through a medical emergency with my daughter, um, who was nine at the time, and I thought, she, I thought she died in my arms. And I didn't feel anything, I wasn't connected to anything, and it's because my whole life I was attending church. I'm really pretty good attender, for the most part, um, but I was just attending. I wasn't healing, I wasn't connecting, I was avoiding. 
Um, I even went to uh, a Christian high school where my now wife did all my Bible homework. Um, and so, and thankfully I graduated with solid 1.5 GPA. And so, but the bottom line is I avoided it. I didn't want to connect to it. I didn't want to hear, I didn't really want to learn about it because my life growing up wasn't connected to all the stuff we heard on Sundays. And then you get a text from Matt that says, hey, do you want to join this group called The Big Story? And I'm like, yeah, what? I don't want to do that. And so I had to come up here every Wednesday for eight weeks. And after a little while, I realized I was in a small group. And I thought I was allergic to small groups. Um, And it turned out to be really impactful because it connected me to to two people that I think we're so lucky to have, which is Joe and Matt. And Joe has an infectious, annoying level of enthusiasm for the Bible (laughs) that draws you in and you want to know about it. But for the first time in my life, and I'm nearing my 50s, and I know what you're saying, you look really good. And so (laughs) I'm nearing my 50s, and, uh, you know, I I feel more connected and more alive than I did when I was 18. And so really lucky to be here, really lucky to, to be beginning the healing journey, which is, listen, if you're here and you're attending, stop attending. Stop attending. Start healing. Connect with people. Ask for help. Ask for prayer. Just stop attending because... This church is more than that, and it's filled with a staff of people that love and pray for you, um, whether you like it or not. So, thank you, Scott. And it's uh, it's been a pretty special thing to see that in your family uh, as well, Scott, and and you're leading them well. And um, it's been been pretty profound. Thanks for sharing that with us. I'm going to ask Nathan, would you join me up here? Everybody say, hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Okay, say it again while he's walking up. Hi, there we go. <laughs> I have loved getting to know uh, Nathan over these years, uh, and uh, so I'm excited that you're sharing a story with us today. Go ahead and step up here and uh, share with us kind of what you experienced as a part of that Vermont trip uh, a little over a month ago. Yeah, so um, on the first day, we had a whole plan where we were going to install sheetrock all throughout a big church, uh, the basement of a church that had been flooded out. And um, this was supposed to take like most of our whole day. But it, as we were working on it, it only took about, I don't know, an hour and we were more than halfway done. And um, so we had run out of sheetrock. And me and Dave Moland, who was leading the trip, uh, went to a a hardware store uh, where we had to, we went and found screws and sheetrock and more lumber to build a, a railing for later. And um, sorry, that's okay. Yeah, as you went to that hardware yeah. store, yeah, we went to you that hardware ran store. into a guy. We ran into a man named Tyler who was working with the church that was running the ministry we were in, and we had had a, a church that we were supposed to help with and it had a spongy floor so we couldn't work on that so that had fallen through so Tyler said that he had a um, a house lined up a man named Dwight whose home had been really hardly hit by the flood and he said we should uh, he would try and work something out where we could do that yeah and sorry I forgot where I was going with that that's okay. Um, so we talked to you about Dwight. 
Yeah. And the and the opportunity to to serve there, which was not expected. Yeah, it was it was out of the blue, but then later after we had finished the church with the sheetrock and uh, um, well, let me let me back up a little bit because there's a, there's a small story that Dave might not be. Tell it anyway. He's not yeah, going to say yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were in the car, and David just had like a whole bunch of phone calls about stuff, stuff going wrong and stuff going good, and he was all a little bit stressed out. So I'm, I'm looking over at him. I'm like, nah, should, should I tell him that God's got this, or is he going to flip out? <laughs> so, so <laughs> like about a minute later, I look over at him. I'm like, hey. God has a plan here. He That's looks right. at me and he says, thank you, but if you were my kid, I would have hit you. <laughs> Sign your teens up for the next trip that Dave leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, after we had been done with that, we, we rebuilt an entire, like a railing with a bunch of lumber and it, it took like no time at all. So we all went up to this house of, the, of Dwight, Dwight's house. And his house had been hit by the flood, and it was very obvious. There was trash all over his lawn. And so we divided into a couple teams. Uh, one team picked up all the trash. The other team uh, worked on the subflooring. By the end of four hours, we had completely redone the subflooring and picked up most of the trash in his yard. And this, none of this would have happened if it hadn't been for that one right. interaction in the hardware store with Tyler. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, you know when you're planning something, right? You've got your plan, and this is how things are going to go. And there were just so many people on the trip that they got done so fast... And so now you got this pressure of like, we got all these people here. What are they going to be doing? Like, right? This is the pressure that we're feeling. I love, Nathan, how you spoke to, to David that just gently and, uh, you know, not shaming or anything like that, but just said, God's got this. And in the midst of that stress, it's hard to see, isn't it? It's hard to see those moments. We're working hard. We're plowing the field. We're doing the stuff, right? And this is what God's supposed to be doing. And then God just think, think, what is this thing? It's not a rock, it's a treasure, right? And, uh, you know, um, Michael Ballou shared about that uh, time at Dwight's house uh, that, that weekend, and we've heard the stories that came out of there. It was just such a richness in what was taking place in serving this guy. This, his family, like Dwight, his wife, and four kids were living on the second floor because the first floor was uninhabitable. And so they'd lived on this, and they had no idea how they were going to be able to get into their home come winter. Had this team not shown up like they did, they'd still be living in the second floor of their house and winter is coming. Do you see how the kingdom breaks in in ways that we don't expect? In the ways that we don't even often look for? And right there in a hardware store, the encounter happened. Dink, dink, dink. And the plow hits the treasure. When we see the treasure, we want more of it. It's been great even to hear stories of others shared from the trip, like, we got to go back. There's more to do, right, Dave? Like, we want to keep, keep going on this. Um, when we catch a glimpse of the kingdom, we want more. Mm. 
Are you seeing how the kingdom of God breaks in? The time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's one more that I want us to look at here. Uh, This is uh, 45 and 46. Jesus tells this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Oh, here's this guy. He was, spent his life refining his craft, the pearls, right? So the kingdom of heaven shows up when you're not even looking for it, just work in the field. The kingdom of heaven also shows up for those who are seeking it, for those who are giving their lives to something of fine pearls. This merchant has dedicated himself. He knows pearls. And then he finds it, the pearl. The one, the one. And what does he do? He takes out an extra line of credit because he really doesn't want to cost them too much. No, no, no. He goes and he sells his entire pearl collection, everything he had before. He liquidates so that he can buy this one thing. When captured by the beauty and the goodness and the fullness, the intricacies and the wonder of the kingdom, it's worth everything you have. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's breaking in. Jess, will you come and share with us? Second appearance today. (laughs) Jess, share with us how you've seen the kingdom breaking in. Yeah, totally. So recently, as recent as August, which somehow feels like a month ago and like a year ago all at the same time, I had been coming off doing a marathon, started recovering from that, ended up with an injury, and so had to sit still on an elliptical for a hot minute. If you know me, I don't sit still well and nothing good happens on an elliptical. So I just started stirring and my brain started going But what I was stirring with was in August, I had started noticing all these different young adults coming back around. And so I had friends who were like, I need people. And I, in August, was like, I need people. And so just started getting this young adult sense. And in my head, I was like, Jess, you're not even a young adult. Like, you're like a young-ish adult now. You know, 28, almost 30. Does that even qualify? So I'm on the elliptical going, no, I don't think that's right. Um, But it just kept coming of like, okay, there are young adults around me. There are friends coming back home. Our people need something. And so as I sat with Jesus, it was right before kicking off fall ministry here. And I was about to get ready to do kids ministry and student ministry. And so I was arguing with the Lord, like, dude, I don't have time for this. (laughs) I don't have capacity. So if you want it to happen, you're really going to have to show me. And then it was, well, I hang out with middle schoolers and I call them out all party pals. Like, I don't know if young adults want that going on. And so I came up with every excuse on why not. But sitting there, I felt like Jesus was like, can you just give me a yes? Like, I know that you don't have capacity, I know you don't have time. You'll probably call all the young adults party pals, and that's okay. 
they are. So anyways, I just was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to give you my yes and trust you with all of the details of this. And as soon as I said yes, more and more young adults started coming. I made this simple little Instagram post about it one day. And then I walk into second service the week after and I look around the room and it is filled with young adults. Like when I felt this prompting to start young adults, I was like, I think there's like three of us in New Hampshire. So that's cool. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to happen. But I look around the room and I'm like, wait a second, this can't be real. And I got a text from Matt who's sitting up front and he's like, Jess, do you see how many young adults are in here? It was wild. And I could share God's story after God's story of all that's happened in these short few months of starting this group. But the best thing was the night it kicked off, I walked in the room and the room was filled And the three young adults I knew were in there. But the crazy thing was, was it was filled with people I didn't know who were all excited to be there, anywhere from like 18 to early 30s. And the stories of how they came were wild. One person, I walked up and I'm like, I must know you. Do I know you? And they're like, nope. I'm like, cool. Do you come to Centerpoint? Nope. Okay, awesome. How did you find out about us? Some guy told me about it at a bagel shop. What? (laughs) Story after story after story where I would just run in Matt's office and be like, what in the actual heck is going on? It's Jesus. And he gives us those stirrings and promptings. And the best part is I'm not carrying it alone. I said, Lord, I don't have capacity. And so he brought teammates to help me lead it and run with it. And it has been so rich and so sweet. So just a reminder for me of like, man, I think we have to have all the pieces figured out sometimes before we step in and give Jesus our yes, but often he just wants our obedience and he can do so much in and through that. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Jess. Can you catch a glimpse of it? Right? The, the words might say, it just seems like God is up to some, something here. Right? And so many of you have expressed that and you've had a sense of that as you've come in. Some of you have been a part of Centerpoint <coughs> excuse me, for decades and you've expressed there's something that God is doing here. There's something special that God is doing here. Some of you have been coming for a hot one or two weeks and even as you've come in, we've had some conversation and you've said there's something that God is up to here. These are some stories that begin to paint a picture for us. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it might in moments seem as minuscule and insignificant as a mustard seed. (coughs) It might seem as uh, non-dominant as a little batch of yeast. But when we catch a glimpse of it, oh, we want more. We want more. And it's worth selling everything we have to grasp onto it. This, my friends, is how the kingdom of heaven moves. When we clamor, when we strive, when we grasp, it slips through our fingers. If we will watch with gratitude and awe and joy, our eyes will be opened to see. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe this good news. Repent means turn. Turn from the ways of grasping, controlling, managing, 
forcing, coercing, and release yourself into it by faith, to trust him by faith, to walk with him by faith, to think other than what is natural and to see with kingdom eyes, to hear with kingdom ears, and to respond with kingdom faith that stirs in a soft and humble heart. Repent and believe it. Believe it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've been hearing stories too of the Forward Together team and, and, and things are really just coming together and emerging, but this is a significant time for us in the life of our church. And we've had these folks that have uh, jumped into this process and are leaning in together and the kingdom stories are already taking place uh, even amongst the teams. And as we begin this journey that we've launched over these past several weeks together, we're going to take some time, and as a church family, we're going to commission and pray for those who are leading the charge. These aren't the only people involved. This is for all of us. But these are folks who are giving of themselves right now to lead the charge for us. This is one of the ways that the kingdom is breaking into our midst. Would the Forward Together team come up here? Like, you know who you are. Kind of join me up here. And if you'd uh, kind of stand along the front here. Look at church. These are, this is you. This is you coming here. Do we see it? Do we see it? The time has come. Go ahead and kind of come cluster. You don't have to be one long line. Cluster up together. Kind of come towards the middle and a couple of rows. That's fine. Ladies, step up. The tall men will come behind you. All right. Grace is hiding behind everybody. This is great. All right. So these are, these are our leaders. These are our leaders. These are the ones who have eyes to see and ears to hear to this point and have the courageous faith to step forward and are leading the charge for us. God is raising up many of you to join them, right? So, so some of you might be going, whew, I kind of had this sense that I was supposed to jump in, but kind of glad I didn't and they got it. Nope, wrong answer, right? That stirring that you've been having, that stirring's still there. That's still God moving you and challenging you and drawing you, all right? And so what we're going to do right now, I'm going to invite you, if you're comfortable with it, to the degree that you're comfortable with it, if you would um, just uh, kind of reach out your hands to uh, kind of lay in hands over them, and, um, and I'm going to lead us in prayer, but let's pray together as we commission them to lead us in this new season of our church. All right, let's pray together. Father, we bless you, we thank you, for your kingdom is indeed on the move in our midst, and we see we hear, we celebrate and rejoice. Father, we honor you, we praise you, and we worship you. And we pray, God, that you would bless these servants especially, we pray, as we commission them into ministry and leading the charge with Forward Together. We pray that you would bless them with your spirit, with joy, with peace, with clarity, Pray that you would bless them with um, eyes to see and ears to hear. Pray, God, that you would bless them as they draw others into their teams to be a part of what you're doing here. God, we pray for your favor, your anointing by your spirit, 
and your blessing through your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, thank you. We love you. And we are with you. All right. Can you see it? Have you caught a glimpse? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The time has come. We're going to take a a couple of minutes here at the end to uh, turn our faces towards God in worship and gratitude. The team's going to lead us. Go ahead and step on in, Tyler, even as I'm talking. Step on in and get ready to rock and roll. Oh, you're going from over there? All right. So let's stand together. Let's celebrate and worship our God, the one whose kingdom itself is breaking in. Take this time to lift our voices together. We love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. All your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up. Till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God all my life. And all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so.
goodness of God I'm gonna sing For his glory and your good, may you walk with him every moment of every day. As you wake up in the morning, pray, God, open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear, and give me a heart of courage to follow as you lead. For the kingdom of God breaking in is not reserved for just a few special people. It is for all his people and those that he continues to gather to his name. For the kingdom of God may begin as a small little mustard seed that seems insignificant, but it grows and grows and grows until it covers the entire garden and the birds come and perch in it and build their nest. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. May you know his peace. May you know his joy. May you know his abiding and overwhelming love as you walk with him in the kingdom of heaven that is here. Blessings to you as you go. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.